Sex Dynamics, a show about the principles of business and life itself. I'm Reed McCollum, your good-looking host, and I'm here with our uh, Essential Dynamics chairman, if you will, Mr. Derek Hudson. Derek, how are you today? Reed, I'm fantastic. Um, and you are looking good, I have to say. Well, thanks. I know that, but it's nice to hear. Uh, Derek, I want to start today with uh, talking about Essential Dynamics and apply it to things that we uh the the larger issues or the larger businesses if they will in alberta where we're taping uh alberta there's nothing bigger than the energy industry how does the how do we central dynamics apply to that hey reed that's a great question uh been on my mind a lot lately as i try to continue to understand the principles of essential dynamics so i'm going to do three things here with that question the first is uh, if you really want to understand the energy industry you need to listen to Peter Terzakian's podcast, ARC Energy Ideas. So Peter um, is a former classmate of ours. We were all in junior high together. Really interesting guy, brilliant guy. And he understands the energy industry like nobody. So we're not, I'm not going to try and do anything that he can do. So go listen to his podcast. They're fantastic. That's the first thing. Second thing, I'm just going to walk through essential dynamics really quickly, and then we'll start digging in on how do the principles of essential dynamics help us understand something as challenging as what's happening in the energy industry in Alberta, which actually has application uh, throughout the world in, in different ways. So essential dynamics is basically the idea that for the worthwhile things we do as human beings, it's really fun to think of them in the form of a quest, of a grand adventure to solve these big problems. Sometimes maybe they're not even that big, but the idea is that we we have this purpose in mind, this uh, objective, and we're this you know unlikely group of uh, people that's plucked out of reality to go on this adventure. And the, and the way I frame that up is there's people walking a path to accomplish a purpose. So the, the essential elements are people, path, and purpose. And the fact that we face opposition is this idea of dynamic forces. And so as we look at the purpose and the path and the people each in their own way we have to look at how we deal with opposing forces or dynamic okay. forces so as we think about the energy industry the first thing i would say is that um one of the things about essential dynamics is that it's it's fundamentally uh a systems view of things it's it's ap applied systems thinking so one of the challenges that we have in looking at the industry is that we tend not to think of um, the big, the bigger system. We tend to think of uh, the pieces of it or uh, particular interest groups or something like that. Um, so if you think, if you think about a system, one of the things that we want to do is we tend to break things down into um components and then we try and make each component better. So if you have a bunch of people working um, in a company together, uh, you know, I've been in the situation where people come in and say, well, manufacturing is doing fine and we have a sales problem. And uh, other people say, well, human resources find the people are great, um, but we have an engineering problem. And we're always gonna do better as we, as we define the system and then we look for what I, we call the global optimization. Let's make the system work the best for everything. So one of the things that we need to do then is we have to think about the system at the highest level possible. 
And that's, okay. that's really challenging because um, our confederation uh, is made up of uh, constitutionally two forms of government. There's the federal government and the provincial governments. And provincial governments are given the responsibility uh, to manage natural resources. Okay. Um, so uh, the problem is, is that we've, we've got a Canadian economy. And the Canadian economy is defined by some things like we all use Canadian currency and there are trade barriers and there's, you know, we all pay taxes federally and there's federal fiscal policy. Um, and so I think we've, what we, one of the things that we've seen for a long period of time is the system's inability to think big, big picture about the role of the energy industry in the bigger system. And Okay, okay. Now, rephrase that because that's a big important point that I want to be sure we're, we're all understanding. So, so we have a tendency to break systems up and then to optimize our part of it. Yes. And that ultimately results in sub-optimizing the big system, uh, the bigger system. And so if, if we think about the Canadian economy, the energy industry is a component of the Canadian economy. Um, which has not been, I think, given its due uh, in terms of appreciating the impact that it has on the Canadian economy. So then you, you'll have other forces locally um, looking at trying to optimize you know, their part of the economy. We do that even within Alberta. And we, we, do, we don't do as well as we could. So you know, one of the things about a pipeline if, if you think about it, is a pipeline connects one part of a system to another part of a system and forces you to think about the system instead of just the components. So, you know, I mean, we're not going to solve it today, but one of the uh, the challenges that, you know, this, is, this thinking has created is a situation where we have oil in Alberta that can't get to Eastern Canada. And so we buy oil from the Middle East uh, ship it to Eastern Canada and use it there. So that, you know, just in my mind, there's a, there's a basic principle there, which we can use in all kinds of things, but is illustrated quite clearly that we're not optimizing the big system we're optimizing locally, or maybe even not, maybe even not locally. So that's a, that's one thing. Let me jump to another one though, Reed, because I think you'll um, be able to poke at this one a little bit. And that is in the current challenges that the energy's industries facing in Alberta, uh, we could easily come to a purpose X and purpose Y. I think we've even used the energy industry as an example in past episodes. Yes. And my contention is that we have to get uh, solving purpose X and solving purpose Y on the same team. How do you mean that? Sh sure. Thanks for asking. So <laughs> let's say purpose X is um, to make money uh, for our economy with the resources that we have now. Okay, I think everyone can agree that's a good, that's a, a widely accepted purpose X. And purpose Y, you know, and, and we could, you know, expand purpose Y or think of it a little more narrowly, but purpose Y is to make sure that uh, we're sustainable in the very long term that we have both the energy and the clean air and the climate that we need for our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren 
to enjoy a high quality of life. And that is where most of the debate resides. So I, you know, and what I, why I say purpose X and purpose Y have to be, we have to be on the same team is just like the other um, examples of purpose X and purpose Y, you know, we've, we've gone over. Um, it's not a question of one or the other. And, and there's no, it's not an average. It's not a, um, there's, there's not a way to sort of mathematically calculate uh, that we're going to weight these two objectives and get, you know, this is just the need for creativity and innovation. And when we separate the two, I think we, we don't set ourselves up for being able to get to the best solution. So somehow we got to get the interests of the current economy and the interests of the future, not just in the same room, although that would be nice, but on the same team. Okay, so I'm, if I understand you correctly, purpose X to make money and purpose Y to preserve a future that is beneficial for all have to be in harmony. Well, in order I, for the right, like, so if, um, if, you know, our local economy is devastated, um, you know, that's not an outcome that we want. All right. So okay. let's, let's say now our local economy has been devastated by the low price of oil. Well, I don't know that, it, you know, I don't know that it's been as devastated as we think. So, okay. um, I haven't talked about this much, but I'm, I'm getting excited about this group of CFOs that we've put together. Uh, my partner and, and McTaggart and I have, uh, are developing the unconstrained CFO forum. So we, right now we meet weekly. Uh, by Zoom, and we talk about common issues, and it just so happens that in the people we've reached out to, we've assembled a group that's got three uh, or four companies that are really tied to the energy industry. Okay, um, I just want to insert here, if you want to get in touch with Derek about that particular uh, webcast or, or uh, meeting, Find wet, find Derek on DerekHudson.ca. Is that what we're looking at? Yeah, DerekHudson.ca. We've actually got a, a website for unconstrained CFO coming out, but right now DerekHudson.ca is the best way to find us. So anyway, in this group, um, these guys are living it. Uh, they're yeah. living the uh, the low prices that we've seen for the past few years, the supply challenges um, that have created you know the local low price problem, then there's the global problem with the pandemic. Uh, so they're living it and they're doing far better in the short term than you would think. Okay. And part of that is because they've been operating in a cyclical industry for many, many years. And so they've learned that you don't spend all your money in the good times. And they've learned how to uh, adapt um, to things in the tough times. Uh, and so, you know, one of the things that's maybe, this is maybe a bit of a digression, but I, I appreciate the question is, we have really well-run companies in Alberta. And I'll just, I'll just share a story about that. Uh, one of the guys on one of, these, uh, one of these meetings said that they were pursuing an opportunity in the Southern US, um, a state like Kentucky or Tennessee. I might, I might have it mixed up. And when they have, were presented with an opportunity to maybe build a facility down there, 
uh, when they met with the local officials, they said, oh, you're from Alberta? Okay, that's good then. This, you guys know what you're doing. And they didn't really, they didn't really do any more diligence about, uh, you know, the nature of this company's operations because, you know, that's the kind of reputation that we have and I think we deserve. So it's not devastated, but um, if, you know, if we can't get our product to market, if, uh, if we have policies which uh, artificially, if you want to constrain our output, then yeah, our current income that we're talking about you know, is impaired and can be impaired for a long time. I guess another thing is that our, uh, the public uh, service is based on uh, expectations of getting tax revenue from that industry. Um, so the companies may be able to hunker down and survive, but they're not paying as much tax and the royalties are going down as well. So, so there's uh, definitely some challenges with that, but, you know, to your point, which I probably have lost because I've rambled. Um, but to your point, there is a local, or sorry, there's a short-term income uh, imperative that we can't ignore. And there's a long-term sustainability imperative, which we also can't ignore. And Which so, I don't believe the energy companies are ignoring. I mean, GM's recent, General Motors' recent uh, uh, policy statement, they just recently came out and said that in a few years, they'll make nothing but electric cars. Uh, no more gas-powered vehicles. Isn't that correct? I think that's uh, that would uh, change our uh, focus on uh, how to sustain. Perhaps we put more energy into uh, making those batteries recyclable than do uh, making. I don't know. It's up and down. Who knows? Sure, sure it's, it totally is, Reed. But you you do highlight one key point, and that is that companies are getting better and better at considering, you know, the purpose, why kinds of things. Uh, so corporate social responsibility is a big thing. Some companies are actually incorporated as B Corps, benefit corporations, where legally they're obligated to look at taking care of their stakeholders beyond the ones that make money, you know, yes. beyond, the, beyond the shareholders. So there's a lot of that. And one of the frustrations that I have with, um, uh, some of the stuff we're we're seeing is when purpose X and purpose Y are on opposite teams. We yes. we go to the low end of what we're capable of, and when you get them in the same room, like for example, a company that's dedicated to both returns for its shareholders and taking care of uh, society, then we get to uh, you know we get to our best our best selves and our best performance. So, if if essential dynamics can teach us anything, it's that we've got to embrace these opposite. Um, obligations that we have and and solve the problems creatively together rather than um, argue back and forth about which one's important because they're both important. Okay. Say I'm a person who has some sort of innovation in how oil is delivered, or perhaps I have a, an alternative to oil as a power source, an, an energy source. Uh, how do I effectively use essential dynamics to, to uh, ad, I don't know, advocate for my stance? Hey, Harry, that's a, that's a great question. And um, I was going to go to something else we may talk about in another episode, which is the innovator's dilemma. And, and you got to that a couple episodes ago, and it was, if you're successful with what you're doing now, how can you break out of that and innovate? So I think yeah. you've got a really good point in this one, which is, 
I'm not sure that we're going to see that kind of alternative energy coming from the mainstream oil and gas industry because they've got to operate profitably in the industry that they're in. And it's very hard to, to step away from that. But, but to your question, if you had a innovative product that was an alternative to the main, the mainstream industry, how would you use essential dynamics? And I think one of the places I'd go there would be this idea of drivers and constraints. And I would look at what is going to drive a demand for the product that I have. Um, and I would go there first before I thought about constraints. So for example, uh, one of the things about energy is it's one thing to have energy, but it's another thing to distribute to where it's used. So, you know, we distribute uh, hydrocarbon energy with pipelines. Um, we distribute electrical energy with, you know, transmission grids. Um, and so if you have an alternative energy source, how do you get it to the people? You know, is it, you know, is it uh, batteries on rail cars? Um, is it, is it just another electricity source that taps into the grid? And so, you know, why would people want yours? Like, you know, when, when we plug our devices in at home, we don't actually know whether that energy was produced by natural gas, coal, or hydrocar or hydropower. Right. Right. You know, or solar, you know, we, we just don't know because um, energy can be sourced uh, in multiple ways. And then, and then it's just moving electrons and it's fantastic. And we love it. So I would, I would think about what's going to drive consumption of, uh, of my particular product. And so some of the things about corporate, social responsibility are that companies want to, you know, limit their carbon footprint and they may, may be inclined to buy solutions that are slightly less economical uh, in the short term because of the way they contribute to that longer term question. So, you know, so, so that's something to look at. Um, but when I, were kids, Derek, there was no recycling, but you know, there's no recycling and, um, I think the Volkswagen Rabbit that I, my dad's yes, car that I, I drove in high school, well. <laughs> uh, you know, I think it probably had worse fuel economy than our 10 year old um, Toyota Highlander does. <laughs> and the Rabbit that I replaced it with, which is a Volkswagen GTI has probably five times the horsepower of that old uh, green Volkswagen Rabbit, which you guys know about um, and far better fuel economy, you know? And so, so there's uh there's economic reasons why everything gets more efficient. But then when I think when we get ideological, sometimes some of those get lost in, uh, in bigger questions. So I'm always going to be an advocate for a high level systems view and uh, for trying to get X and Y in the same room. I think that's probably one of the, the key messages I have from, uh, from that question you asked today. We haven't even talked about the people side, but I think, uh, I think we've, uh, I think we've, illustrated that essential dynamics does have uh, something to offer, you know, these really tricky questions. That's really wonderful, Derek, because I'm going to hammer that frequently. Uh, the X and Y, getting them in the same room, that's, I really like that, uh, that metaphor, if you will, because I keep putting X and Y in uh, conflict with one another, and maybe I shouldn't. I, you know, I'd say they're, it's dynamic and they're different. But if you think about the yin and yang definition that I've used, uh, opposing but complementary. Uh, complementary is the word, right? Complementary is the word. 
Okay. Well, I think that's just tremendous, and I think we've uh, we've touched on a lot of things today that uh, that open up uh, the application of instructional dynamics in many uh, interesting and uh, exciting ways. And so, I'm going to look forward to our future discussions where we we uh, explore that even further. Derek, where can they reach you? People can find me at DerekHudson.ca, and you know, based on today's episode, I would really like uh, input on how people see this. You know, my assertion that we need to consider both purpose X and purpose Y, and get them on the same team with respect to challenging issues like uh, like energy. So I love to hear from people. Find me at DerekHudson.ca. That's a great idea. I really would like appreciate. I would appreciate uh, some feedback as well. More than the, the letters we've been getting so far, which is comment on my good looks. Uh, we'd really like to talk about the, the uh, content that we are discussing. Please do join us at DerekHudson.ca. And uh, until next time, consider your quest. Yeah.